Hello everyone and welcome to episode 57 of Digital Digital Get Down. Burr! It's cold in here, it's fucking September! It's fucking September and it's fucking freezing. And I almost just fucking died. You did. On a glass of really skunked wine. Is it skunked? Is that only for beer? Probably. Whatever. Really bad wine. Didn't last from our previous podcast. Like two weeks ago, there was like a little bit left and I was like, I'll just finish it off tonight. And Smelled like church wine. I knew to stay away from it. It was rough. It went down to my lungs. I almost died. I almost drowned on bad wine. That would not be a good way to go. And We're now off drinking, to a blazing start. Drinking rum with orange juice or morning blend or whatever this, <laughs> whatever this juice is. It is not the morning, by yep. the way. Um, so What's going on in your life, babe? Well, we just got back from vacation. We were on vacation. And then I had the longest three-day week at work. True. After getting back from vacation. But you're an inspiration to children. Am I? Yep. I don't know. We went and watched a children's football game today. Yep. That got called early on account of <laughs> bad language. Angry coaches. Angry coaches. Because, it, I mean, it was a bad play. That was a first down by a mile. Well, we had sworn off the NFL, but I guess Mighty Mites football is is allowed. I don't know. Hmm. It's part of my job, I guess, kind of. Okay. But... Do we want to tell them where we went on vacation? It was warmer than here. That's not that hard today. That's a good hint. Yeah. We finally, I guess finally, we're not that old. We saw the Grand Canyon. Yep. Which was grand. It was more impressive than I expected. We and hiked the whole thing. We did not. We had rim like to rim. two miles. Mm. Um, it did not look like what I expected it to look like at all. No. Parks and Rec lied to me. Hmm. A little bit. Where are the faces? Like the presidents. <laughs> that we're actually closer to that from here than we are to the Grand Canyon. True. And we saw another really cool canyon, a slot canyon they call them, mm -hmm. and Horseshoe Bend, which is just like a screensaver photo basically. Yep. Literally on our TV, a screensaver photo. It is. And Sedona was lovely with the red rocks and some hiking. Mm hmm Minus the dog fighting. <laughs> you sound like Michael Vick. And we found a bookstore. Yep. A new bookstore. A new bookstore that I'm still regretting not getting another book to get that other ARC. This bookstore had an interesting deal where if you bought an overpriced hardcover book, you could dig through this guy's pile of advanced reader copies. But he can't sell those, but he can give them away for free. And it worked because there was two of them that I wanted, and the one that I wanted more... I actually went and picked out a new regular hardcover book of a different book that was on my three list just so I could get this ARC, which ended up being a good choice because it was a fucking amazing book, A-plus book that I'm going to have you read. I don't think you're going to give it an A-plus, but I hope we'll you like see. it. It's going to be, so I won't say which one it is because we'll do it on a future podcast. But there was this other ARC that I wanted and I was like, oh, I don't want to spend another amount of money on a hardcover book plus one suitcase the two of us well that's it folks for this episode of us describing our bookstore shopping thanks for tuning in i also found some other books that i to wanted that to buy from vivid. my classroom but i don't want to spend money on it no I don't pay me enough only for that. the cheap ones for that well we did that we went to the used bookstore and got a bunch of cheap ones from my classroom. we went to barnes and noble used bookstore which is one of three in the nation feels so special that. roseville harmar mall it's basically the center of america of literary America. Yeah. Well, we're like not helping the indie bookstores when we go there, but 
All right, so. Uh, most importantly, you got hacked on Facebook. I, think I that's did get great. hacked on Facebook. I think that's great. I was more more concerned that they stole my password, and you said that it wasn't password stealing. Yeah, I only read like a half an article, so I wouldn't really trust me on that. Okay, so I should go change my passwords for everything. Probably. Cool. Great. Um, is it time for news? Are you prepared? Um, sure. For good news, bad news. Heather has to go first now. Um, my good news is um, Robert Irwin on the Jimmy Fallon Late Show, whatever it's called. Is that like the only reason to watch Jimmy Fallon anymore? Yes. Probably. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, this time they like tried to make it a little different and it worked because that's the reason I watched it. Because Kevin Hart made you laugh. For the first time ever. I don't really find him very <laughs> funny. I just find him very small. Fact. Um... But he was just fucking terrified of all of the animals. And to be fair, it was like a tarantula and a snake. Um, and a baby ostrich, I think, or something. Ooh, that sounds terrifying. Um, but he was not happy with the animals, but in just a hilarious way. Like, he was truly scared. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it felt a little bit uh, racist. <laughs> To have, like, two white people laughing at a black person scared of something and mm. still trying to make him touch the animals. But mostly... You signed up funny. for it, right? Um, maybe. <laughs> I think he signed up for, like, Is he just the something. random extra guest on the couch? Yes, but mm. I think he signed up for, like, possibly animals. He did not sign up for, like, holding a tarantula. Okay. Um, and he also tried to scare Jimmy at one point to try to get the tarantula to bite him. It was a whole thing. Hmm. But it was pretty funny. Okay. I don't, obviously, don't, like, subscribe to late night. TV, really, but I will watch the viral clips once in a while, and this one was worth it. Apparently, Fall TV's back. I kind of missed the boat on that. Like, I was reading some headlines talking about Saturday Night Live hosts and musical guests, and I was like, oh, weird, they're announcing that stuff already? Like, it's the middle of summer, and then they're like, oh, no, it's this week. Well, we were away. And we don't have a DVR, yeah, so I like DVR no anymore. planning ahead. Oh, my God. But we, there's a new Good Place episode. Yeah, we're just... Jumping and on that. Single parents, I still want to watch. I feel like all the Good Place lovers, like, Ruined did not it. appreciate Parks and Rec. Like, the way they talk about the Good Place, it's like not Mr. Schur's peak TV. It's not his, um. You're wrong about it, people. You're he wrong. There's a stunts that would be mm. Parks and Rec. He's just gone downhill. I think Brooklyn Nine Nine's better than the Good Place. Too. That part's debatable. But... The Good Place is just too witty for me. Like, the. Like we've talked about this before, but it's just like it's it's too clever. Like it knows it's clever, and it's a little too clever. Like I don't laugh at the jokes. I go, oh, that's funny, but I don't. And actually my laugh. biggest thing is that it's very pop culture centric. It's not like the work, thing that maybe. I keep harping on is the fact that there's like two seasons worth of Jacksonville Jaguars and Blake Bortles jokes, and the Jaguars are really really good, and Blake Bortles is pretty good, and all those jokes are based around them being terrible. Three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not it's gonna have no much. Power. Yeah, it took the words out of my mouth. It's almost like we're we had married. a wedding anniversary. This we did. This Why week. didn't we mention that? Because nobody subscribes to podcasts for that. I guess nobody cared either. Sorry, that was angry. It's okay. Um, you want to keep going? What do you want to do? That's the, my only good news. I didn't really have any good news. I guess my only good news is that Don Arcillo called the Red Sox game today, and he's calling another one tomorrow. I found it kind of sad. In which, re which respect? I don't know. 
He just... First time at Fenway Park just, in three years. But, like, the joy is just gone out of his voice. Like, mm. he still has that Don Arcillo beautiful narrator voice. But, like, there's just a little spark missing now, I feel Apparently like. Apparently he had one of his patented laughing fits today, but we weren't tuning in at the right time. I just feel like there's something missing. Um, so what's your hot take on the baseball playoffs and the Red Sox's chances? I don't know. They've been looking a little shaky lately. I'm really nervous. Like, they're probably going to play the Yankees. It's going to be the Yankees and the Oakland A's playing on Wednesday. the other last month. Ooh, I don't know. So there's a one-game playoff for the AL on Wednesday, and then... Between the Yankees and the A's, is that what you're saying? Yeah, and the winner will, will come to Boston. I don't know. Like, the Red Sox had a phenomenal year. I still don't get quite why. Like they well, have... they were just solid, but yeah. the, I don't know. The last few games, they've been a little shaky. Well, they've had all the reserves in, but still. If Mookie doesn't hit, if J.D. Martinez doesn't JDJ hit, I don't know. J.D.J. not a what's... reserve, and Nanky got an error today. True. I don't know. Um, I have a few sports things, so I'll keep going if that's okay while you're chugging your breakfast beverage. <laughs> um, you told me we had to talk about the Vikings kicker at that's some point. That's all my bad news. Poor chap. He lasted two weeks. Tell the tell the people the story that you told um, me. It almost made me cry. I, to be fair, I've been crying a lot lately. So but. the Vikings have had like a terrible history of kickers over the last decade or so, and so they drafted. They used like a decent draft pick, I think, this this spring on a new kicker from college. Uh, and as far as I know, he was you know sufficient in the preseason and stuff, and missed. Uh, a couple of kicks in week one when they lost, I think. And then he missed a couple of kicks in week two that resulted in them getting a tie, which is just sad. And then he got cut, which means he's fired from his job as like a first-year college grad. He has no employment anymore. My bigger thing is not that he has no employment because a lot of college grads don't have any employment. <laughs> It's that he had his dream job. Oh, for two weeks. And lost it immediately. And wow. like no other team's gonna wanna pick him up when he's had issues like that. And it's pretty much like the one position in sports that I can think of. Like even punter, if you like shanked a couple in two straight weeks, you'd probably get at least the first half of the season to figure it out. Yep. Basketball, if you throw up some clankers, that's fine. Maybe you ride the bench for a bit. Baseball, you ride the bench. Uh, hockey, yeah, you ride the bench. Football, their rosters are just so tight, and they have no well, they're not kicker. R- correct, right? The rest of the For positions teams, have I mean. more depth. Yeah, and you're right. You only ever carry one kicker. It's a waste of. That's what I'm saying. It's a waste Gosh, of roster space. Can you imagine? And I he admitted like he in his post game. Well, yeah, he admitted in the post game uh, press conference that he was just nervous at the late kicks because he had already screwed up so many. And when the coach was asked, you know, do you feel bad about cutting the kid? He said, you saw you saw what he did. Like, oh my God. This kid needs to be mentored. He needs to be coddled. He's a sports therapist. My gosh. Um, my other sports it bad just, news. It just Wait, makes me think of that what? episode of Pitch. Which one? When she goes to the therapist. Yeah. This is the best episode. True. I heard a cover of... Um, no, I heard the original Rolling Stones version of that song that I liked the cover of. That was from that episode the other day. And I was like, how these feelings? I couldn't figure Brought out why. Brought you back was, yeah, to Mark Paul Gosler being a catcher. I don't know about that. That was Mark Paul Gosler. 
crossover mm-hmm. from there. Don Arcillo is now the Padres play-by-play. He could have been on that. Could have been on that show. You could have. Um, other sports bad news, I totally missed the Laver Cup, which is when all the cool tennis stars play doubles with each other. Was that what we watched with Rafa and Rafa? That was last year's highlights, okay. yeah. So Rafa was too cool to show up this year, but it was in Chicago, which, like, definitely should have gone. We could have gone. When was it? Last weekend. We were in Arizona. Yeah. So we were vacation committed, but apparently Roger and Novak played doubles, and Novak hit Roger with a ball when they were on the same Did side. Did Novak throw down and fight him? Apparently he like, I haven't seen the video, but apparently he made a reaction that was like, oh shit, did I hurt him? And like, he was really nervous about it. Apparently it was funny. Um, I, I, Roger's too nice, but I wish he would have like faked it and pretended he was hurt. Chucked a racket at him or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that happened. Totally missed it. Moving on. Excuse me, I'm going to cough up a little more wine. Oh boy. <laughs> You got okay. some bad news to share? What do you have? PlayStation Classic? PlayStation. Come on. You're like two years too late on that trend. What I'm games are they going to have? I, I was know. not an original PlayStation gamer. Oh, I was actually. The part I don't get is that all those games, Crash Bandicoot and others, are coming out on PS4. Well, that's the thing. It doesn't work for PlayStation because you can play old PlayStation games on new PlayStations. That's the thing about GameCube and Nintendo and Xbox and whatever, is that you can't play old games because, like, the the, the software doesn't work, right? (sighs) You've just opened up a can of worms. If Jake's listening, he would go on a rant, probably. Jake was apparently online on my PlayStation last night playing Guess What Game, the only PlayStation game we've abandoned so far. Oh, Halo. What's it called? Um, Horizon Zero Horizon. Happy to have him on as a guest to defend the game. Happy. Um, Are you calling him out right now? PlayStation is actually not backward compatible. I thought it was. I had plenty of PS3 games. They would not work on this PS4, just as most of the PS2 games did not run on PS3. My point was that Sony is already bringing back a lot of their classics, whereas... Where's my Spyro game? Don't ruin it. I'm going to get it for you as a surprise gift sometime. Is it coming out? Yes. Okay. Talked about it on the podcast. Um, so yeah, the point of the Nintendo Classic was that those games were so old. Like, you would never play Super Mario 1 on uh, Nintendo Switch. Like, it's just, it's an 8-bit versus a whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I think your, your rant is warranted there. Anyway, it's dumb. It's, like, it's over. Like, that, they already did that three years ago, two years ago. And also, like you said, what games are people even gonna play on playstation need for speed we got a playstation we traded a playstation for my dad's old atari wow or my mom's old atari which like was super glitchy nick and i used to play it sometimes the atari the atari um some like the old old games like space invaders and pong and stuff but it was really glitchy like it would just freeze on you in the middle of the game and stuff and we like did not appreciate that it was like a classic kind of thing we were like yeah but it's broken so so we traded it to my cousin, who was really excited that we had a working Atari, somewhat working, and he had an old PlayStation. And that's how we got our first gaming system. Cool story, Hansel. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is, I don't even really want to get into it, but I feel that it needs to be mentioned. Oh, boy. Brett Kavanaugh. I'm going to judge the judge. All the people defending him. The worst one was the evangelist dude who said that um, he respected her by not finishing. <laughs> Are you 
fucking kidding me? That was what that's that's in the Bible. Apparently, the Lord that it's okay to start raping someone if you don't like if you don't finish, then it's it's respectful. Hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? And just Gosh. yeah, everything. I didn't watch the actual hearing because I just can't do that to myself. But everything I like read about it, saw about it, heard about it was just awful. It was just a whole bunch of white dudes who were terrified that they're finally going to have consequences for their shitty behavior their whole life. And that this like boys club of going to Ivy League schools and going to prep schools and stuff is, is like... The era know, is over. The era is over mm. and they know it and they're like defending it to their last breath. But obviously I'm not looking at it objectively, but like when you look at just like the things that they said and the way that they acted and their, how defensive they were about everything... I don't know. It's very frustrating. Now there's supposedly going to be an FBI investigation, but they're only allowed to investigate to uh, interview certain witnesses or something. Like they're limiting who the FBI is allowed to talk to and how long it can take. So it's not really a proper investigation. It's just to shut people up. I don't know. Hmm. I was thinking the other day about Bill Clinton and like how having an affair at that point in time was enough of a scandal. Yeah, that he to was rock. like morally um for having cons- unfit, yeah. morally unfit for, for having consensual sex with someone who wasn't your wife. he lied under oath about it. Um, like and I was how thinking How many times has Brett Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh fucking lied under oath in both his like um the hearings before this? Yeah. And also this one with um with Dr. Ford. Right. And I was thinking like wow, how quickly the morals of the country have changed, but that's like over 20 years, actually. Mm-hmm. And it's so, not the morals of the country. I don't know. It's the morals that the Republicans are willing to, to let people get away with in order to, to hold on to their power. Okay. We'll see how things go in November, I guess. Things shake down. Darren, um, Chris was in a voting commercial. How did you feel? It wasn't particularly funny. It was not funny at all. It was super awkward. Hmm. It was... Billy, like, Billy had his real names, but the rest of them didn't, and it was Strange. confusing. It wasn't funny. It was supposedly by Funny or Die, but it was actually by the NDRC, the National Resource NRDC, National Resource Defense Council. Okay. So it was like a nonprofit fundraiser kind of thing. I don't know. It was very confusing. It wasn't funny. Okay. Is that the end of our news segment? I think so. Okay. Um, speaking of white dudes, do you want to talk about the book? Do you want to intro the book? Well, I was going to do a uh, an advertisement while you're chewing on your ice cube. Go for it. Um, so if you're in the market for a book website, well, boy, do we have a, a compelling for offer you. for you. For $0 a month or a compelling $0 yearly subscription, mm-hmm. you can sign up at booktages.com. B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S dot com. You just type the word book, and then you type the word digits with plural S dot com. We paid for the domain. We were renewing it every fucking year, folks. Every year coming at you. Um, so yeah, sign up. Tell us what books you're reading, There's what books a, you finished. Also a really great Instagram to go along with it. You can finish on book digits, even if Kavanaugh didn't. Or he did. Um, you can set a reading goal. I just changed mine. I upped it. That I should lock that as of September first, really. 
I, I was four books ahead of schedule, so I upped my reading goal, and I'm still a book, well, I, two books ahead of schedule. What an annoying thing to do as a human being. <laughs> what do you mean? You just get upset that I read faster than you. Gosh, this, this advertisement has gone downhill. You can track how fast you read to rub it in people's faces. Oh. Okay. You can keep up your ridiculous to read list. I think we should talk about the book, probably. Okay. You're getting drunk. A little bit. How many I'm shots of rum did you put in? I just kind of kept pouring, so I don't know. Uh, what are we talking about? This book. Oh, is a book that Bennett actually read first. What a shocking thing. But who found it at the used bookstore of the Barnes & Noble? You did. Honey. Connecting it all the way back. So many callbacks in this episode. I was like, oh, I think I have that book on my Kindle. I wasn't even going to tell you that I found it. And then when I found it, you like lost your shit over it. Yeah. So it's here. Um, before we even get into it, I have some comments on the cover and on the inside cover. The cover that line. you rubbed sunscreen all yeah, over? I'm sorry. I was reading it by a pool. Now it's extra used. We're never going to get our money back for that. Yeah. Well, I tried to wash it off, but it's still very fingerprinty. Anyways, it does have a very nice cover. I like the colors, the spine. Mm -hmm. For all you people who can't spine. see this, which is all of you, it's got a whole bunch of like pastel fun colored a pastel stripes, rainbow horizontal stripes and it's called a working theory of love by scott hutchins and it's got just beautiful pastel colors on the cover mm -hmm. the black backdrop san francisco really themed so here's some concerns i had oh boy just based oh, on the cover i know what you're gonna say what am i gonna say the people who uh who pumped up the book yeah go this ahead one. try to say his name gary Sh steingart I think that's actually right. Author of Super Sad True Love Story. <laughs> New it's book is almost, out this month. Almost as bad as Skippy Dies. They're on the same level. Well, I'm going to have to reread them both and get back and to And the Solitude of Prime Numbers or whatever. Yeah, that book was All mediocre. of those ones I kind of read around the same time. They were all garbage. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, the first uh, advanced praise for Working Theory of Love is by Gary Steingart. Yeah, the other ones are fine. Adam Johnson's a very good writer, and I liked Eric Puchner's latest uh, short story collection. That's why I good think stuff. of my to-read list, but I don't know if I would like it. It's on everyone's to-read list. Just like um, Mori uh, Moriyami, uh, Haruki Moriyami. Murakami? Murakami. Oh, God. We are not the literary power Can't couple this week. Japanese very well. Um... Oh no, all my Halloween decorations are falling down. They're all falling down. I just put them up. <sighs> okay. Okay. Um, my other concern. Yeah. Just more of a complaint. Yeah, his author photo? Nope. Uh, well, that. It looks like a mugshot. It looks like he's going to find me. It's terrifying. Um, did it really need to be continued on the back fucking flap? What? Explain your... your the, syn the little synopsis. The blurb. Oh, yeah. No, it does Why not. Why is it Never one, and, seen a, that one and a half book flaps? Who published this book? Is this a legit Penguin publisher? Press. Really? Why did they allow that to happen? This is like the longest, terrible no, this summary. Book, it's like a bad book report this This book summary. needs a one paragraph Literally, blurb. it's one. It's like five paragraphs. And it's ridiculous. And it's like, it's just too much. Yeah. It's too much. It's like basically his whole query letter. I think that's probably it. It's just a copy and paste. It's in here. Fucking okay, lazy. Okay, well give us the brief synopsis of the synopsis then, honey. Okay, so this guy, Neil, yeah. is recently divorced 
and he works at this computer company because they're trying to create a, their first um, AI that could be the Turing test. But he's not like computer literate, which is you're going to go there. No. Um, the only reason he's working there is because they are using his dad's like very uh, long-winded yeah. diaries that he kept like every single day for thirty years or whatever um, as the quote-unquote personality for the AI. That's right. Um, so he's only there really to like interpret his dad's diaries and to kind of test, be like the the alpha tester. Uh, is that, a, is that a thing? That is exactly right. Yeah. Um, for the AI and try and figure out what the bugs are and kind of converse with it and teach it um, how to sound more like but a But is human. he qualified for that job? Because he didn't even know his father that well. Well, and that's the thing is that it, it turns into kind of this very awkward thing because his father died via suicide uh, years previous to this, like quite like 10 years 15 years earlier. Yeah. Um, so he didn't really have a great relationship with his dad and his dad killed himself. So it's kind of this weird uh, therapy session right. setup sometimes where he's trying to work out his relationship with his dead father through this AI that has like absorbed his dad's journals. Right. And but during, doesn't actually know how to talk like a human. Right. And during all of this, during all of this kind of like soul searching and awkward family dynamics, he also is having some like romantic trysts and he a few different directions rather creepily meets this young girl who he ends up having this on again off again relationship and infatuation with that goes up and down throughout the book mm -hmm. um and the book ends with the ai actually taking the turing test I so tell us what the turing test is honey oh um the turing test is a test that that says uh, that to, for an AI to truly be intelligent, it has to be able to convince uh, a judge or a person, yep. uh, a, an unknowing person, that they are human. Was it 33% of the time? I think so, yeah. So basically one-third of the time, or if there were three judges, they would have to convince at least one judge that they were human. So the judge would have to mistake the computer for a human being in right. a conversation with them. And Turing designed it as a, like, text-only test. Right, like a chat. Right, so the uh, the voice of the computer doesn't actually have to have an audible voice. Right, no, it's more like the, the chat. So, can it have natural um, language flow? So, and can it trick them in terms of the, its personality? And that's basically the right. whole point of the book is that the company that uh, the main character, Neil, works for, their angle to attack this is by having it be an actual real person, not just mm -hmm. trying to have it memorize Wikipedia or whatever, right. but having it be an actual person, have it more of a, a personality, have like personal stories and stuff that it a could history share. behind it, yeah. Yeah, to try and trick the judge into thinking that it's a human. So, and Alan Turing was kind of the, what they call him, like the father of, of modern computing or something That's exactly like that. right, honey. Um, I watched that movie with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, that was terrible. Not a great movie. Oh, we should try to translate the first two words because they always say the same thing? Oh my god. Not a great movie. Oh. Um, but I did learn about Alan Turing from that. Otherwise, True. I didn't know very much about him. So, um, it's such a sad story. Alan Turing. castration yeah. and he died from it. It was like a whole thing. Gosh, um, okay. Anyways, so... Yeah, so 
That's the summary, yeah. That's the summary. And um Now looking back, I mean just to just to play on the book digits theme a little bit. On book digits you set percentages on how much each theme or topic of a book encompasses the whole. Now, I read this book for the first time many years ago, and I remember the artificial intelligence and the computing part being like 50-60%. I wish that was the case. Yeah, I agree. It was actually probably like 20-25, maybe. The romance and the trysts, as you call them, were a, the bulk of it, I would say. And just like the incessant inner dialogue and family you, yeah. and drama and... So, do you want to... There's also the big sex plot about, like, the, the sex convent that the girl joins, yeah. which I didn't remember being the, such the a cult? major... Yeah, we the sex We just cult. watched the Boy Meets World Cult <gasps> episode. Oh, boy. Um, do you want to talk a little bit, or do you want me to go into my go ahead. feelings? So, I, I think I'm just... At this point, especially what we were talking about earlier with Brett Kavanaugh and whatever, I'm just like sick of white dude lit. It's dude lit. It's, and, it's white yeah. dude lit. Yeah. And it's lit, could not be whiter. It's like San Francisco Bay Area. Um, Which, and, yeah, like eight years ago was like in my wheelhouse for reading. Right. So I think yeah. we'll talk a little bit after about how your reading taste has changed a little bit. Sure. But um, I just read it. I just finished a different book today that I really had to force myself to finish called Mosquito Land. And it's written by a guy, even though it's, it's supposed to be a teenage girl voice. And I can just tell at this point that it's not a teenage, that it's not a girl voice, that it's a mm -hmm. male voice. Like there were just some kind of troubling uh, parts of the book with dealing with sexual assault, dealing with like female mental illness and how that's perceived. Um, in the book, it's like her aunt w had was mentally ill, and then her mom, like her dad's sister, was mentally ill, and then her mom was mentally ill, and she is mentally ill. But like, is she really? And the dad the whole time like forces her to take to take medication for it. Oh, you're talking about the other book you read. Yes, I I'm was like, none of this is lining up with what <laughs> I'm I read. talking about. The other book and some of the troubling issues Got with that it. book. And then he like for like his there's all these issues with this wife and how she deals with it. And I don't know. I just like, it just irked me. It put me off and I can't really describe exactly what it was about it, but I just like the, I could just tell that it was written by, by a guy that he hmm. was trying to be a teenage girl and, and have it be her voice, but it just wasn't authentic for me. And that's, uh, a little bit of an issue I have with this book too. It's just like such white dude lit, like dude lit. It is, yeah. And it's, uh, my biggest comment is I don't think it was intentional. If it was intentional, it's clever. I don't think it was. In that, at the beginning of the book, Neil, the main character, does a lot of complaining. You're nodding your head. Yeah. He does a lot of complaining about, like, the minutia of his dad's journal and how, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of, like, when there's a lot of something? How, um, what? not copious, but, like, how... Like, unnecessarily long-winded, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, his dad's journals are just very long and have a ton of unnecessary detail. And that's how I felt about the fucking narrator himself. He's like talking about exactly what he's having for breakfast every day and yeah. talks about like the guy who lives upstairs and goes in this whole long-winded tangent about being a bachelor and living by yourself yeah, kind of and then does all these flashbacks, telling all these memories in great detail. And then in the next sentence, he's like complaining that his dad was too long-winded in all of his diaries. I'm like, 
is the author being clever and trying to be like the narrator is more like his father than he realizes who he doesn't think he doesn't have anything in common with I don't think so I think mm. it's just a bad writing style or just a like it's his first not it was his first novel first right? and only nothing For, new since so I think that he did the kind of novelist thing of like, all right, I'm going to describe everything in detail, including his breakfast, all of his inner thoughts. Like I had that issue writing my book too, when I go back and look at it and I'm like, oh, there was way too much inner monologuing that wasn't split up because that's kind of like, I don't want to say the easy thing to do, but it's easy to slip into that as a writer. And I just struggled to get engaged in, in some of the um, plot points and flashbacks and stuff uh, because of that couple things to unpack there. Go. So the narrator is not actually a writer, though. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he he was annoyed that that his father felt the need to document all of that. The the prime the main character here is not actually writing all of his... Well, it's not first person. You're right. So you're actually comparing the author to the father, yes. not the narrator to the father. Sure. Which makes me think that, yeah, he's not self-aware then, because it's the author doing it. Right. If it was first person, then it would seem like he was doing it intentionally to draw a parallel, but since it's third person... But yeah, on the reread, I still thought he's... A, I still think this Scott, Scott guy's quite a talented writer. I'm not saying he's not a talented writer in terms of the word choice and the sentence structure and all of that. Mm. I'm just saying, like, the actual writing style or, like, the voice that he uses is irritating to me. I thought it was almost too too lofty, not pretentious, which is the word we usually use for literary stuff. I just thought it was too too descriptive and too lofty for the the plot, I guess. Yeah, because it's uh, what I was just gonna say. It reminds me of your unreleased book, um, but I didn't know mm. if you wanted me to get into that. No. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think I get what you're saying is that he. The writing style sounds like he's doing this really deep literary book, but the actual content of the book is more almost commercial fiction or mm. um, the writing style doesn't necessarily mass- match up with the plot. I hear you. Um, the most interesting character to me was Rachel. Yeah, at and certain I think points. Maybe she's just most interesting because she was so in and out. So I was kind of anticipating her coming back. Oh, she's back. Looking forward to her coming back because she made it more interesting when she was back. It's a little bit like when I read Game of Thrones and I'm like trying to skip through the boring parts to get to the next character that I like. Um, I mean, obviously, this is one perspective and Game of Thrones is way too many, but it kind of felt like that a little bit where I was like reading, trying to read ahead to get to the next part where she came back. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't care about the mom. Didn't really care about his family drama. Uh, loved the AI. Laughed out loud oh, a couple you times did. at the yeah. AI. Like, like, the funniest one was the chicken one that was really early when on. When he asked him about, it's, did the, how, why did the chicken cross the road? Like, you laughed so long about this one. It was In an he, airplane. He asks, like, why does the chicken cross the road? And then the doctor says, a woman tried to pay for medical services with a chicken the other day. <laughs> and I don't know why it was so funny, but I thought it was hilarious. You loved it. And there was a couple things that's just like, I, I kind of wish the whole thing. Oh, oh, I just thought of something smart to say. <laughs> okay. I wish the whole thing was the perspective of the AI. Um, we, we did that in Illuminae. Yeah, and I would have liked it. No, better. I think this book works because it's it doesn't overdo it. It has some chapters with chat log parts, but it doesn't inundate you with it. 
It kind of does. It I wish there was more fashion. though. Yeah, I could have used a little bit more because that was the funny part and the interesting part, and like the relationship with his dad was like the bulk of the story. My but at guess, the same time, it wasn't. my guess would be that the author had pages and pages and pages of it, and the Penguin editor was like, "No, this is you. You have a literary book in here. We have to bring that out and hide all these silly Not jokes. It. Give me the jokes because they were really funny. Yeah. Um." I can't find any of the funny things off. It's not gonna now. live up to it anyways. Um But yeah, it was funny. Um so yeah, I wish there had been more AI because that was like the redeeming part for me was the voice of the AI. Mm -hmm. And I yeah, I was most interested in, in Rachel and her story more than I was interested in his story, I guess. And I don't know if that's just because I could relate more to her or what, but mm. I was more interested in her story, although I didn't really care for the cult plotline, like you said, and the weird sex robot plotline and all of that. Yeah. It, I don't know if there was more of that, and it got cut, or less of it, and they tried to bring it out for no reason, but I wasn't wasn't in love with that. Okay. But it's not the worst book I've ever had you read. No, definitely not. Um, I, it was a little bit slow going in the beginning, and then once it, I don't know, once I got a little further into it... Uh, I didn't really care about his other little romantic entanglement either. But once I got further into it and it was getting closer to the Turing test and they were like making all these changes to the AI and trying to figure out how to um, fix some of the problems with it and stuff, that was what I got more interested in, which is strange because I'm not usually that invested in tech stuff. Yeah. But that was the part that I found most interesting actually was the challenge and how that progressed. Um but yeah, like so the reveal, hmm. the reveal of the dad's suicide and like the friend and all that. I just didn't really care. Let's it was focus just okay more book. on me. So you were going to okay. analyze my reading taste because back in the day I was man folk and dude lit yep. music and books. Mm -hmm. So Thank what's you, happening? Thank you for coining that phrase. Yeah. Um, I would like to think that your lovely wife has introduced you to some um, other types of literature. Some other voices. Other voices. And I appreciate that you've gone out of your way lately to try and read some more diverse books by more diverse authors. It's true. Um, even if they haven't always been super successful. And that you've more gamely than you did at first at least started to read some of my book recommendations that are about girls or gay characters or whatever. So you're taking all the credit. I'm not taking all the credit. I'm, I'm saying I think you're open, more open-minded now, and I think maybe I get a little bit of the credit for that, for forcing you to read some mm. stuff that you probably would not have picked, um, and some of those, some of which you've end up, ended up liking a lot, some of which you've hated, but some of which you ended up liking a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but I just think you've gotten a little bit more open-minded and a little bit out of the MFA kind of mindset. That's fair. What were you going to say? What's no. your self-analysis? I was just trying to think of a turning point. I would say probably the start of this podcast was it. Really? Probably. Do you think uh, like five to ten years ago you would have read Ferryman's Institute and think, thought that it was a good book? Oh, that's, that's a that's loaded a loaded question. question. Uh, I think I would have I would have disliked it, I think. But probably not for the right reasons. Yeah. I just have been impressed lately a few times when you've, without my prompting or books that you've read on your own without me, and you've been like, oh, I didn't like it because they didn't portray this correctly or because this You're part was this racist. This is all a big experiment for you to see if I pick up on things. 
Uh, no, because that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the opposite of that. I'm saying there's been things like that book that you read, like that um, compendium or the, sorry, short story collection where you were like... Jeffrey Eugenides. It was super racist My and gosh. sexist and whatever. And um, that was like unprompted by me and I didn't even read that book or even ask you about it and you went on a rant about it. So that shows that you are coming up with a lot of this on your own, which is impressive. Great. Um, now I just need to do the same with my music tastes. I don't care about music tastes. I'm gotta, we got to listen to one Prince album something. while we live in Minnesota. I, okay, you, okay. <laughs> At least I knew the Prince song. I tried to sing to you on the streets of Arizona, could it have Phoenix. Been, could it have been you You're singing? I Maybe? played it for you later and you still didn't know it. You're correct. I do not have a good falsetto like <laughs> Sir Prince himself. But uh, even when I played it for you later, you had no recognition of it. And that's his most famous song. And Matt Nathanson just sang it when he was here. I knew it was a cover. I just didn't know what cover it was. It was Prince. Of course it was Prince. Of course it was. I won't do my rendition for the podcast, but you should have known that song. Okay. Um, Would you recommend it? That's usually your line. <laughs> yeah. Um, I when is it published? When I wouldn't it recommend out? it, I don't think. Oh, gosh, it was, mean. It was fine. Like, I... Uh, it wasn't as bad, like I said, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was based on the first few pages. Like, once I kind of got used to that uh, overly descriptive writing style yeah. and got a little bit more into the characters and the plot, it was fine. Um, 2012. Just, six like, years so old. much daddy issues and so much, like, ex-wife issues that I didn't care about. And that fucking part about going to Spain. Don't even. I knew. Me. I thought you were going to get. Don't do, even. I'm give up so that book upset. after that. Uh, well, I just was going to read it, read the rest of it after that just to hate the ex-wife. Mm. I didn't care about the ex-wife. I didn't care about the mom. I didn't really care about side most of the characters. Side characters didn't do it for you. No, and usually I'm a side character girl. It's like, true. if you write me a good side character, I am there. You didn't really have a sidekick or anything, though. No, not at all. All right, babe. Let's keep it... Whoa. Let's keep it moving. Okay. You want to talk about... The TV show. The TV show? Yeah. Which we're also several years behind. This is a podcast from like 2012. Yeah. Um, the TV show we're talking about today. Wait, you have to do the thing. I I can't do my voice anymore. Should I feel we just like do it's the, gonna the Parks and Rec theme song. You, you do, think that's do, gonna go well? I don't know where we are now. Okay. Um, so the TV show that we're going to talk about is You're the Worst. Just the first season is how far we've gotten so far. Yeah. We did it. We're out of the rut a little bit. Kind of. Ten episodes worth. Um, I watched all of the bowl type. But I finished the bowl type, so that was good. Um, yeah, you told us last time how much you cried. Oh, yeah. And I've been, I watched Outlander on the plane, so I can finally finish that season mm-hmm. and read the next book before the next season comes out. Um... The book that I got like a year ago. Anyway, so we're talking about You're the Worst, the first season. Characters' names are Jimmy and Gretchen. Gretchen. I was gonna say Daphne, I don't know why. Plus Edgar and Lindsay. Edgar is my favorite. Um, um so I, I told you to I told us to watch this show. A while ago, but then yeah. it wasn't available anywhere. It's part of the reason we wanted to get Hulu was that Boy Meets mm. World was on there and also this show was on there. I guess so. Um, so it's a show basically about two really shitty people who get together because they're just mutually shitty. It's and the next, I, my overall review is that it's like the next evolution of New Girl. 
Hmm. Like, New Girl tried to make you like all of its characters and make you want to fall in love. And this one's just a little bit more modern in the sense that it's like... It starts off hating the characters. Yeah. And being like, modern dating is terrible. Yeah. And modern people are terrible, and here's why. That's my hot take on it. And here's some examples of why they're terrible. Mm Mm-hmm. My first impression of it was that, like, they just used a lot of knockoff actors. It kind of felt like the detour, where, like, everyone, like, kind of seems like an actual famous person, but they're not. Yeah. And that's how I feel a little bit about this show, too, is that all the characters, like, seem like they're a little bit doing caricatures of an actual famous actor. So, yeah. So, Chris Gere, the guy who plays Jimmy, he's basically, I would say, a combination of all the men in Love Actually would be my... Mm, Yeah. Would be my take. Um, Gretchen is like, mm. I don't know, a really angry Isla Fisher, maybe. Yeah, that's a good one. Or uh, Karen Gillian. She's a, the British one that was in um, uh, The Circle. The friend. Yeah. The Scottish okay. friend. Oh, we're going to talk about The Circle sometime. We didn't put that oh, on your yeah. list. Yeah. Um. So Edgar... Desmond Borges. He reminds me he of... Is, um, no, he is uh, David Schwimmer plus Lin-Manuel Miranda, which is a very strange combination, but it is exactly right. I was going to say he reminds me of um, the guy who played De- Denny on um, Grey's Anatomy. Um, okay. Jeffrey, what's his name? He's got a little taste of him, too. But yeah, he acts like David Schwimmer acts. Like, his voice is kind of like yeah. David Schwimmer, but he obviously has and a different the- flair. Um, and then Lindsay, the best friend, I don't know who she reminds me of, but it's like a lot of sidekick characters all blended oh, yeah. into one. I don't know who yeah. it is. Um, so yeah, that was my first impression was like all these, none of these people are famous, but they all like seem like they could be. Yeah. So um, should we talk about the positives or the negatives first? I was just going to give a little bit of an overall impression. So okay. like overall summary, at least of the pilot is that these two people. Please made- do summarize it. Cause this is one point I had. It was that I had to constantly try to remember how the all relation. of these yeah yeah they didn't it didn't get set up very well so these two two people meet outside of a wedding reception and um jimmy the guy has just kind of like chewed out the bride on her wedding day because he's the ex um and that's the question i keep coming back to is that why was he invited to the wedding because it seems like the the hus- the new husband of the ex likes him or something <sighs> i don't know it's just to create drama it seems like yeah so he was invited to the wedding, kind of stirred up some drama, goes outside, meets Gretchen, who's the best friend of the bride's sister, which gets confusing. Yeah, correct. Um, the sister of the bride's best friend, who was there, like, stealing a food processor or something. That she toaster. brought and is taking back with her, yeah. I think she was, you find out in a later episode, she was trying to steal the food processor, but picked the wrong one, yeah. I think. Um, anyway, so they meet outside, they end up kind of being like we're we both suck at this and hooking up and ended up kind of falling in lust with each other or being a little bit enamored with each other and then as the rest of the season goes on it's kind of them trying to figure out do we want to try and have a real relationship or is it just doomed because we both suck at the relationships and if two people that suck come together they're just going to suck twice as hard hmm. so uh it's kind of their navigating all the pitfalls and their uh attempts to try and have a relationship, but not be like born relationship people, but still be consistent for each other. And the kind of ups and downs of that are the successes and failures of that experiment. And are they going to be exclusive is a question that comes up Often. multiple episodes. Yeah. So yeah, for a 10 episode first season, 
obviously there's a lot of will they, won't they kind of thing. There's only, I guess, one real breakup in it. One official breakup, one but official a lot breakup. of just bad behavior shenanigans. and shenanigans. And each of them kind of seeming to try and be shitty on purpose to see what will drive the other person away or like what's going to be the limit, testing the limits of, mm. of each other and kind of seeing who can be shittier. It's almost like a competition of like who's the worst. Mm -hmm. um, and both of them kind of want to win but also don't want to win. Like <clears throat> they want to prove themselves right that they're shitty but at the same time they don't want to think that they're like a bad person. Yeah. So there's a lot of that dynamic of like what – make someone a bad person or not and what um i don't know what changes is it worth making to be with someone and what's the positives of being with someone what's what's it for uh the character of jimmy is a novelist which is kind of funny because he has one sort of well-respected book that doesn't actually sell very well like critically acclaimed but yeah. not commercially acclaimed which is another kind of plot hole i guess the fact that he has no day job from the looks of it and doesn't appear to be selling very many books. So he must have gotten a hell of an advance to pay for that L.A. apartment and all of his boozing and other hobbies. Yeah, it's interesting because there's an episode about kind of how her parents are rich and talks about how his dad is not rich and doesn't care about his books and stuff. But I, I would hope that season two goes a little bit more into his family or where his money comes from because... Yeah, the family stuff in season one was like kind of rushed in one and a half episodes yeah, and not terribly well done. I would agree with that. I think that the whole season almost felt like a pilot. That's a good... A good good way to describe it. Where they felt like they kind of tried to rush through a lot of plot points and rush through a lot of characters and stuff. And that's why I think it got a little bit confusing of how the different characters were interrelated. And uh, some, yeah, like some of the things like the family stuff got really rushed and didn't feel like it, like it feel like that could have been a whole season of a different TV show or like yeah. a multi-episode right. arc. But in one 20-minute episode... She lies about her parents. Her parents shows up. He's, he meets the fake parents. He meets the real parents. They get into a fight and they leave. Like that was just too much for one episode. Yeah. And it's, I feel like 20 minute shows are having a little bit of a comeback um, with like the good place in Brooklyn Nine-Nine and, and some other ones like that. Cause I get sick of like long, you know, 50 minute dramas. Um, so I appreciate the, the 20 minute comedy or dramedy, but um, yeah, some of these episodes Definitely felt a little bit rushed, like the writers wanted to shove too much in. Like I said, like the whole season was a pilot almost. Mm -hmm. um, Gretchen's work stuff, her being a hip-hop promoter, PR person, sometimes it works, sometimes it seems to get forgotten, sometimes it has a main role, sometimes it doesn't. I don't know, it's a little off and on. They flushed it out a little bit more in the final episode and did a flashback episode, which is ballsy for a first... It was the second to last, I think, ...first yeah. season. Um, it was the last one. Was it? One of the last ones. Yeah. Which is a little bit ballsy for a first season because there is, isn't there much, that much of the present to then go back to. Right. But it did, it did flesh out a little bit more of how she ended up where she is and kind of the past Gretchen she's trying to hold on to very desperately for who knows what reasons. Mm -hmm. Um... So that was an interesting episode because it showed a little bit that both of them were kind of clinging to a person just because they didn't maybe want to change or didn't want to admit that they had to grow up a little bit. Um, and it seemed like the conclusion was that they had to 
figure their own shit out before they could figure shit out for two people. Um, so I would I would like to keep watching. Yeah. I think it was, the characters were compelling enough and, and different enough. Like you said, it, it did feel like a very modern take on like a New Girl-esque sitcom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely am interested to see where it goes. Uh, the, the best friend, I can't decide if she's annoying or interesting. And I think that might be the point. Yeah. Because um, that's her characterization a little bit is being the annoying best friend. Lynn's, you're saying. Lindsay, yeah. Um, loved Edgar. She's a, tr- oh, yeah, Lindsay's a train wreck. Edgar, so I had listened to a podcast a few years ago about, uh, I think it, it had the actor who plays Edgar on it, and the host was talking about how he was the best character, and I was like, eh, I, I don't know if that will prove to be true, but it does. Yeah, he's definitely the best character. He's, he's like a big puppy. Yeah. Um. With PTSD. But yeah, I, they kind of took. Trot that out when they need it, and then put yeah. it back in its so, case. So, yeah, the so. podcast host that I recall um, talked about how important it was for, you know, this type of character to be on TV, which I do agree with up to a point. But they play it for laughs a lot more than they play it for serious. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm looking for heroin because I was in the war. Which... And I would like to see a little bit more of the substance abuse side of it. They Once again, they kind of throw that in for plot points, but don't yeah. really delve into it, so... I'd like to see a little bit more of Edgar going forward and, and not just comic relief Edgar, but like getting a little deeper because you get a little deeper into Lindsay as she kind of goes off the deep end. Oh, yeah. And I I want that same, t- not necessarily living in his car Edgar, but I want that same type of deep delve of, of Edgar and kind of getting a little bit more of him. Paul's Paul's my man, though. Oh, Lindsay's Paul. husband. I think my he favorite. He also reminds me of someone. Ooh. An actor. Yeah. I don't know who. Um... Yeah, it's a couple people combined. I know what you mean. I think my favorite Paul moment is the fact that... A little bit Seth Rogen. Eh, disagree on that. Okay. Um, the fact that in his episode of um, Terribly Boring Hobbies, they included uh, homebrewing. I enjoyed that <laughs> because... You enjoyed that dig? Homebrewing, I don't know. I feel like most people assume it's like a bro, broski kind of activity. But it's geekier than people give it credit yeah, for? Yeah. Yeah. Enjoyed that. Um, so what do you think? Are we going to keep watching? Um, I think I think it should stay in the rotation, yeah. I think it's a good option. I think we need to watch some new There's shows. There's like and three not, other seasons. Not just rewatch Parks and Rec and Boy Meets World. So I think this is another good comedy Let's option. Let's make some predictions for what, what these other three seasons could be about. Okay. Um, well, they, to spoiler alert, I guess, but at the end of season one, they move in together kind of accidentally. Yeah. It doesn't seem like either of them are very confident about that. So I assume most of season two, or at least the beginning of season two, is going to be a lot of them... Figuring uh, out their home... Figuring out the domestic, home, the yeah. domestic situation. How domestic is too domestic. And, like, I assume there's pretty early on, there's going to be someone going to stay with someone else and trying to get out. Um... There's going to be probably Edgar taking Gretchen's side again mm-hmm. and things and Jimmy feeling ganged up upon. What season is Gretchen going to have a pregnancy scare? Possibly the next season. Mm. Because everything that's going on with um, Lindsay's sister. And I'm interested to see what happens with Lindsay. I wonder if Lindsay's going to end up living with them for a little while. Oh. Like if Gretchen's going to say, yeah, come on and live with us. And Jimmy's going to be like, what the hell? Uh, when do they go to the UK? I don't I don't think they're going to go to the UK in the next season. I think we might see them, like, on vacation together. 
or something. Oh, that could be interesting. Doing like a trip together. Maybe it's a book thing for Jimmy or maybe it's a work thing for her that he decides to go along with. Because there was kind of some conversations a little bit about her not including him enough in her life. Um, or maybe they go to visit her parents and he comes. So there's like a round two of the parents. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, gosh, folks. Does she you... have any siblings? Uh, okay, either of them have siblings? I think they left that open-ended. Because they left that pretty open. So that could be an, another family dynamic of if there's siblings. Because we know Lindsay and her sister, but... So yeah, folks, there's our predictions about uh, a four-year-old television show, which you either probably have no interest in or you've already seen it and are laughing at us. I don't know. We can't be the only people behind on television. This is the modern way, kids. This is how it happens. This is natural. Okay, are we into the home stretch? I think so. You're stretching as I say this. Literally stretching, yeah. Um, what do you have for upcoming? I need to talk. Start? I need to talk about something. Okay, go for it, babe. Do you know how many Little Women movies is too many? Um, one. Any more than one. I still have to read that. That's still... Somebody asked me the other day on the bookstagram what what was like the my longest on my to-read list book. And Little Woman, Little Women. Little Women. And Great Expectations are probably the two. Because I, like, I never want to read classics. Like I know that I should read them, but there's so many other books that are more interesting and faster to read. Couple issues... With I swear, my or no, with, okay. no, no, no. I swear at a couple of recent bookstores, I've seen a book called Little Men Next to Little Women. It's real. Both by Louisa May Alcott. Is that confirmed? I think it's real. Secondly, apparently there's a movie, a Little Women movie out next week. Because I was desperately trying to find a movie to go see and there are none. I thought we were going to go see um, The Small call. Foot, What's Little Foot called? or Searching. Searching. Mm. I was going to call it Answering. <laughs> Uh, but it's then, a phone, right? but all the headlines are about the Greta Gerwig version of Little Women, right. which is only in development, right? But has Emma Watson taking over for Emma Stone, like what's supposed to happen in La La Land? Yes, good. I was going to say that, and you read my mind. Um, but it also has Timothy gonna... Chalamet. It has Saoirse Ronan. It has everyone from the other movie. Obviously, we're going to talk with a capital T. About Emma Watson. Why don't we talk about the circle? You have strong feelings. I have a lot of feelings. I'm going to save it for that podcast, but I've got feelings. So yeah, and both movies are called Little Women. That should be illegal to have two movies in two years called the same It's going to be Little Women, parentheses, 2019, 2019 or 2019. 2019, yeah. Happy Death Day is getting a sequel? Why? I watched that. We saw it. Called um, it. Happy Death Day to You, number two, capital U. All right, too fast, too furious. Yeah. What's going to happen? The sequel joins us right from where we left off and explains a lot of things in the first one that didn't get explained. Everything got explained in the first one. Also, what's going to be the drama? I don't know. Was it not actually the the person who it was and then it's going to be someone else? It was a fun movie to see. It wasn't, it was, yeah. It was a fun um, horror-esque movie to see. For me, because that's about as much as I can handle for scary movies. And we didn't talk about how A Quiet Place is the other scary movie. And we drove through a place in Arizona called Cornville and the sign said A Quiet Place. It was fucking terrifying. Yeah, I think that sign was up before that movie. I know, but it was a creepy little town to drive through anyway with a lot of other weird signs like children present at all times. Children of the corn. Um, so the last upcoming thing I had, which I must have known was a thing 
is that LeBron is making a new Space Jam movie. I don't think I knew that. Is he going to be Michael Jordan in the movie? Yeah. That, I assume he won't be Bugs Bunny, yeah. I didn't know if he was paying for it or starring in it. No, the point is that he would star in it. And Ryan Coogler is going to be a producer of the new play news. Basketball. LeBron all James. I've seen about him. I I know he does. That's not a serious oh. question. All I've seen about him lately is the school that he opened and now the movie. He is a Renaissance man. Okay, He's branching out. I but, mean, it's smart because he can't play basketball forever. Do you think he'll retire before he gets crappy, or play forever? Um, I feel like he'd be a guy where if he wins another, he'd go out, like, on a winning championship. That's what I was thinking, that he wouldn't want to, like, slowly get old and slowly get bad. Or do a terrible, uh, comeback like MJ did. Oh, I was thinking But this first comment, I think, sums it up on the AV Club. He says, I don't know, Space Jam was dumb fun, but it was 90s dumb fun. How do you even make a movie like that nowadays? It's so true. Like, if it's a dumb movie... It's going to get ridiculed. And how are you going to make a, a, a smart Space Jam movie? It's not a witty movie. No. It's going and, to be terrible. Okay, also, Looney Tunes was so 90s. How are you oh, going to... Oh, yeah. That has no staying power. Yeah, how are you going to... Do little kids care about that? I don't think so. Is it going to be a whole new set of cartoon characters that kids care about now? Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it is Looney Tunes based still. Is Looney Tunes even a show still? Who was this aimed at? That was my big question the other week with Ghostbusters was who's who's the target audience? And I don't know that this movie knows its target audience either. Muggsy Bogues was in the other one. Gosh, that... Do you know how many years of my life I got by on Space Jam? Space Jam the movie and Space Space Jam Jam the soundtrack. And Seal. Yeah, it was peak Seal for me. Was he on that soundtrack too? Could fly like an eagle. Seal did a cover of that. Oh yeah! At the at the time, I was like, "Wow, this is a great song that Seal just originally wrote for the Space Jam soundtrack." Okay, I can basically. Can you pull up Space Jam soundtrack and let me see if I can list you the songs in order? I. It better be. Can you please sync that to all of our devices? I don't have space on my phone. Um, it is. Okay, so oh, I just looked down one accidentally. Tell so me. track First one, track one like is definitely eagle. seal. Fly like an eagle. Yeah. Uh, I know track four is. I believe I can fly. R. Kelly. Yeah. Uh, Quad City DJs would be three. Mm-hmm. That's the Space Jam song. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the jam. And- it's time to slam now. This one I know. Yeah, the real jam going down. Welcome to the space jam. All right. All right. That's the best part coming up. All right. All right. All right. Um, missed the second song. Is it? Is it a famous artist? Oh, yeah. I didn't know this one. Who sings this one? Coolio? Coolio, yeah. Wow. Seal, Coolio, Quatsy, DJs, R. Kelly. That's a run. And then it's a famous f- black female. Mm. Oh, yeah. The slow jam. One word. Single name. Uh, what do you call that? She sings a Christmas song that I like. From yeah. Christmas. I'm going to know it once you say it. Monica. Monica, yeah. I also listen. There's a song called Basketball Jones on the second half. Mm-mm. Not on this one, at least. This might be the wrong one. Give me some other titles that are on it. I don't know the artist for this one. Given All You Got by no, Robin S. Don't remember that one. This one is a boy band. 
Uh, not boys to men. No. I think uh, this is new a edition. New uh, boy bands. What is it? All for one. All for one. I turn to you. No. It's the same people. We the same people who did that Hunchback of Notre Dame song that about at the same time in a podcast we I sang. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another R. Kelly song featuring Jay Z. Huh. All my days. Solid album. See, my Space Jam soundtrack was the Shrek soundtrack. If we, as we've talked about in a oh. previous movie, that was yeah, my that's version. Worse. That I'm just saying that was my version. Wow, the Space Jam soundtrack got to 42 on the album chart, 1997. Like my version of that, where I could tell you probably the song order and every single song and listen to it over and over, was the Shrek soundtrack. Oh, you gotta play "Hit 'Em High." Is that one on it? No, it wasn't. If I hit him high, hit him high, hit him high, then you hit him low, hit him low, hit him low. Gosh. Hit him up? No, it should be... I don't know. This is the only one I know that's called hit him up. Okay, that's different. Alright, I think we've gone on enough with that. This is on the soundtrack? No. Oh. <laughs> I searched for hit him in songs and this is what came up. Wait, wait, wait. There was something recently that you said. You admitted thinking... This is Mary J. Blige, right? No. Blue Cantrell. Blue Cantrell, yeah. Now, you revealed something about Missy Elliott? <laughs> Let's God. pause this music and for you many, say it. For many years, like literally until probably five years ago, <laughs> maybe ten years ago, for like a majority of my life, I thought that um, Missy Elliott yeah. and Melissa Etheridge were the same <laughs> person. That's so good! I kind of thought like Missy Elliott was her stage name and Melissa Etheridge, because Missy can be a t nickname for Melissa. Oh, god! And I didn't really know either of them, but I remember thinking like... Wow, she's really changed to go from come to my window to um, drop it. What's the Missy Elliott one? Like, the uh, famous one? Uh, yeah, how does it go? Missy um, Mistamina. What's that chorus? Um, I'm going to look it up right now. Get your freak on. Get your freak on. I was like, wow, she's really gone on under a change to go from come to my window <laughs> to like, get your freak on. <laughs> get your freak oh, on. That's so good. I really thought that they were the same person. For okay, I got to commandeer this one more time because this okay. is the true Space Jam album list. Just okay. listen to these artists. Album only. Seal, Coolio, Quad C DJs, R. Kelly, Busta Rhymes, D'Angelo, Monica, salt and pepper Robin S., Barry Song White and Peppa. Chris Rock. All for one. R. Kelly again. Look at whose track 13 is. Spin Doctors. Oh my god. Is that the one white artist? Uh, I think it was, yeah. They sound terrible. And track 14 is by Bugs Bunny? Okay. Do you have any upcoming things? Yes. Let's lightning round it. Okay. You, this is not my <laughs> fault that I have to lightning round this. We went on a 20 minute tangent about Space Jam. It's bedtime. 
Um, Emma Thompson writes a holiday rom-com starring Amelia Clark and Henry Golding from Crazy Rich Asians. Okay. Wait, is that a question? It's, it doesn't sound like a figure it out with Summer Sanders kind of thing. It does. Blank yeah. to the blank, blank, blank. Yeah. Emma, Emma Thompson is writing a holiday rom-com that's going to star Amelia Clark and Henry Golding. Okay. Who is the star of Crazy Rich Asians. Got it. I'm into it. Um, and the Ocean Was Our Sky by Patrick Ness is a Moby Dick remake book. Hmm. Very confused. I've stopped paying attention to his books. I know, because you really didn't like the monster. What was it called? Uh, he, those terrible titled books. Um, Knife of the... Never Let Him Go. Yeah. I read the first two and then didn't care enough to keep reading because it got yeah. weird. Um, Men in Black with Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. I think we talked about this last time. I don't think we did. I think I just said it over vacation. That they are basically the only two people... Chris Hemsworth is the only male actor right now that could make me watch a Men in Black remake. Mm -hmm. And Tessa Thompson is one of probably three female actresses, Janelle Monet and Gina Rodriguez, yeah. that could make me watch a Men in Black remake. So I might have to watch Oof. the Men in Black remake. Hasn't there already been one recently? I didn't even like Men in Black the first time. Hmm. Gosh, your decorations are just <sighs> collapsing. I know. Um, the last one is that there's going to be a new Hunger Games audiobook, which I'm not a big audiobook book person, but I'll give you one guess as to who's narrating it. Uh, You're not gonna get it. Darren Chris. Tatiana Maslany. Oh, cool. So I was intrigued by it for that reason. I, th I feel like I had more, but those are the ones I wrote down, so okay. that's what I've got for upcomings. Are we going to wrap this shit up? I think we better, yeah. Alright, thank you for listening, especially since we just started it off with the word fucking and just devolved from there, so thank you for listening. Um... We will be back in two weeks. Sometime. We'll be back sometime with another episode for you. Probably still complaining about the cold from now until May. Uh, thank you for listening, as always. You can follow us on Instagram uh, at ddgetdown. Uh, follow me. Oh, I said Instagram. Twitter. Follow us on Twitter mm. at ddgetdown or follow the Book Digits Instagram at Book Digits on Instagram. We are not a unified brand. We are not. Um... But thank you for listening anyways, and we'll see you next time. Peace out. Bye. You gotta get down when they get down. Well now, get down, get down, uh. get down, whoa, whoa, get down, uh. get down, whoa, whoa. Maybe we can talk our neighbors into doing the same thing. Get down, get down. Get down.